Buglers, we are live from Leicester Square Theatre on the 16th of September with Chris Addison and Alice Fraser. It might be our only London date of the year, so get your tickets now. Oh, get them at thebuglepodcast.com. That, that bit's important. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is a podcast from The Bugle. Catharsis, the process of releasing and thereby providing relief from strong or repressed emotions. Hello, welcome to Catharsis, the podcast where I lend a friendly ear to some fellow comedians who need to get some issues off their chests. I'm like a therapist but free and therefore completely unqualified. We will be digging into pet peeves, old wounds and unpopular opinions. You can sweat the small stuff with me. Before I intro my guest, I'd like to get into something. So Paul and I did a lot of yoga with Adrian during lockdown and the other day we were doing a yoga with Adrian and I let rip with this gigantic fart and two seconds later on screen she said breathe in deep and notice the quality of the air around you and it was like the universe had conspired to make the timing of this so perfect and then we had to stop because we were laughing too much and I had I had actually destroyed yoga I have more fart gags coming but I'm holding them in um, here's the thing I think women really panic about farting in front of their boyfriends and I let one go within the first month of seeing my now husband so we got married about six weeks ago after 15 years that's how long it took for the smell to leave I think, I think my point is ladies believe in yourselves as my friend kept saying to me I think it's a really feminist act that you fart in front of him and I'm like is it or is it just laziness I'm gonna let that go like I think because my farts are quite cute, I think because they're loud, but they're not smelly, which I think describes my personality, like loud, but not smelly, which is a term that's used much more in America, I think, than here as a personality type or an opinion. That's a bit smelly. (laughs) I am joined by American whirlwind comedian, dog wrangler, podcaster and SNL writer Rosebud Baker. (laughs) Thank you. I love dog wrangler. That's so perfect. Oh, my God. That was such a perfect intro because I just came from Italy and, you know, uh, my husband and I, we were there to like have this romantic getaway and we spent five days just rolling around the hotel room farting. Like we could not, every night we'd go back and we'd be like, okay, tonight's the night. We're going to do it. We're going to make it happen. This is our vacation. And we'd get so full that we were like, I'm disgusting. Don't touch me. I'm going to sit on that side of the room and fart, and you sit on the other side of the room and fart. <laughs> and that's all we did for five days. 
Let's start the show by getting into one of your old grudges. This is where we ask a guest, do you have something you've been holding on to? Uh, a situation from the past, could be with a friend, could be from your childhood, could be from work, could be from school, where you're like, ah, I'm really annoyed about this. Let me just get this out there. Um, we give you some gripe water right. and hopefully help settle it. I mean, there's so much to choose from in my life, but I feel like I have um, some sort of curse, (laughs) (laughs) some sort of universal curse where I don't like to deal with, I've been avoiding my therapist. Let me just start with that. Okay. So I've been avoiding my therapist and um, mostly because I, I don't enjoy talking about my problems. (laughs) You're ghosting him. I'm ghosting him. We've, listen, we've been talking to each other for 10 years. So it's a 10 year long relationship. Right. Okay. Well, I, you say relationship, I say employee. That's employer relationship. Essentially. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's a professional relationship. And I have not been returning his calls because I, I go through periods of time where I really get jealous of people that have never done therapy before where they seem so sure of themselves in a way that you can, you really can only seem that sure of yourself if you are making up the answer. Right. If you've never explored. If you've never, if you're not like trying to find the truth along the way, you are making up the answer and committing to it. Well, I can give you an example of this that I that just popped into my head as you were saying that. There was a comic who started out quite young and did it, and he's a really great comic, but he did lots of stuff about being a staunch atheist. And I sort of thought, wow, but it just made me think, you've never had to question it. You're like, right. these are the opinions. Everyone tells me there's no God, da, da, da. And I was like, have you had that point in your life where you're like, I wish there was a God. So you can go through all of that and to come back, to be so certain that people who believe in religion are stupid so young. Right. It's you almost know. like you're more zealous than they are. Yes. Yes. Um, there's like a zealotry to atheism that yeah. is very similar to a reborn Christian Kind of, right, right. But yeah, but it was just the fact that he seemed so certain. I was like, "Have you gone through all of this? Have you had religion? Lost it? Found it again? Did you not have it? Found it? Maybe stuck with it? Like, there's a. It felt like he'd arrived at a destination, but none of the traveling had been just been dropped off for atheism, right? And he was like, (laughs) "This is who I am." Yes, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I and I and I look at people like that, and I get so jealous because they have this kind of. I don't know what to, I, just confidence that I, I wish I still had. Do you know what I mean? But my whole life has been, I, there's like, if you could put a theme on it, it's like no shortcuts, you <laughs> okay. know? Yeah. So I, I'll avoid therapy for like long periods of time and then just destroy things in my life and ev- eventually go back like defeated and I'm like oh, god I just have to take responsibility for my actions and you know so there's this kind of um I have this kind of resentment this kind of like oh god I wish I could be you thing yes in me where I see someone who is just like influencers yeah you it's know? youth as well a lot of the time it's it's the confidence of youth. I would say that, except that I never had it then either. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's like 
my whole life has been like this. Right. You know? So you were literally like, your first words were, well, let me tell you about what happened last week. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Can we open with attachment issues? Yeah. My whole, my, I was like a toddler. Like, what's the point? You know, (laughs) just this kind of like depressed toddler. And I, and I wish that I had this kind of, when I see people on Instagram influencing, you know, and they're dancing in the middle of the street and they're just having the the time of their lives. I'm like, what has nothing bad ever happened to you? I get so (laughs) upset at these people. So, um, I think it's that, I think that would be my main gripe. Right. There was an influencer during lockdown, like the first lockdown, Mm-hmm. Or maybe the second, because people were really, I remember people were like super raging. Mm-hmm. So this influencer turned up somewhere, I feel like in Dubai, on a camel, on the beach. And it was so like, it couldn't have missed the mark more than Lawrence of Mylabia. Like moment in Sex in the City. I was like, what is this person doing? Yeah. Just like... I like, oh, but I have to do it because it's my job. And I was like, to look stupid on the back of a camel in Dubai. Is that your job? Is right. it? Yeah. Like, read but it the is. room. That is their job. <laughs> like, it, it's almost like you can't even blame them for it because, yeah, that is what they do. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's... So, basically, your grudges with your therapist and people that have not done work on themselves and are confident. I do think they go hand in hand. I think once you start... Because we work in comedy, we know there's so much grey in everything. Nothing is really black and white. And then you start digging into your opinions. And then you start going, oh, but I can see this aspect as well, which we call nuance, Mm -hmm. uh, which is in short supply at the moment. I think it's running out like fossil fuels. Yeah. Uh, Like helium. (laughs) There's like a, there's a limited amount in the world and we're just, once you lose it, you can't get it back. Yeah. Yeah. So this guy you've been seeing for so, do you think it's time to move on? I just want to help you heal this wound. Do you think it's time to get a new therapist? I've thought about that. I was like, maybe I need to see a woman, you know, maybe I should go see a woman. And then I thought, well, is the problem that he's a man? And is the problem that, that him? And I thought, no, I, I think that wherever I go, this would be the issue is like, the problem is me. <laughs> it always ends up, the problem is me and the way that I... Wherever you go, there you are. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I, I just keep wondering, I wonder if there's going to be a point in my life where I stop resisting feeling good, you know? Because that's really, when I go, I feel really good. I feel like I don't feel self-pity. I feel like there's a purpose to the things that are happening to me. I might not know what it is yet, but I'll figure it out as I go. And, but something deep within me just goes, no, you know? (laughs) And, and I, I think I enjoy fighting these tiny little imperceptible wars in myself and then eventually surrendering over and over and over again to happiness, to happiness. I'm just a toddler being dragged to a warm bath. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> that's, um, <laughs> that's my life. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's such a beautiful, perfect description because I think many of us are. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, I want to know what's going on. What if I miss something? What if I, oh, over here's what will make you happy. Right. I feel like my husband says uh, that I am like, he was like, when you've got your focus on, it's like a laser and it's incredible what you can achieve. And he was like, 
and you should be hunting wildebeest. Like yes. You should be going apex predator. But then all of a sudden there's a mouse runs across the room and you're following the, the mouse. And I, I don't, lions don't follow mice, you know, just like go after right. something. Stop getting distracted by stuff that's not important, which is the things that stop me being happy. And then I try and go, just maybe my, the reason for my being here as a human being is to experience joy and right. keep expanding and learning and creating and experiencing and it doesn't have to be but I think there's so inbuilt within us from growing up there's and I mean this is a genuine therapy thing that we could unpack over hours Mm -hmm. that is you know all the reasons we feel we don't deserve things and our self-loathing and everything else that gets in the way (laughs) of just going I isn't it magic that I'm a lot like it's mad I'm here right I exist in the what the same world as this cat that is trying to attack me when I'm talking about apex predators, no less. <laughs> right. um, but that I exist, he exists, we're here and I only get to do this once. And then suddenly you sort of remember all of that and you're like, what am I doing with my life? What am yeah. I doing? Yeah. And then even that becomes almost, I would argue, a waste of time. Be another a different way to yes. waste your time yes. because you go why aren't I enjoying my life and yeah. you're like I don't know maybe because you're hitting yourself like <laughs> yeah trying to enjoy your life like yeah you know punishing yourself because you don't enough yes. and um so yeah I think I'm feeling bad about feeling bad right I just wish and I hope that eventually the amount of um therapists I've paid and groups that I've gone to and medications and all the things that I've done to adjust to um, to be a healthy person, right? I hope that eventually I just get to not do those things. That's that's I think that's what I've been telling myself all along and why I go, okay, I'm done. I've graduated. I fixed myself. I'm cured. And I just decide I'm I'm done with therapy. And then something else, ha- I you know, <laughs> something happens. I start to look at the way my husband chews, and I go, <laughs> "Nope, I'm not. I'm not fixed yet. I'm gonna need to send a text <laughs> yeah. immediately." Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This is a section of the podcast we call Topical Cream, which is where we apply some stingy balm to a news story that's got you all het up. So tell me what's on your mind at the moment. Um, I would say uh, 
I don't know if it's been news here, um, but the there's been yet another shooting at uh, Walmart yeah. in the States in the same week that there was, uh, well, within the same seven-day period that there was a shooting at Q Nightclub. Um, so, you know, this is something where it's every week in America. Um, some 707, of them- I think that was. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. um, I looked, I didn't even know there was a mass shooting tracker mm-hmm. that you can find, which is, oh, yeah. when you say that, that's just such a mad, like, like a period tracking app, mass shooting tracking, you know, like. It's it, truly it, an apocalyptic, it sounds like an apocalyptic app that, yeah. <laughs> you know, but yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's really bad. It's, it's really bad. And I don't know why we can't seem to fix it. I, I, there's no, well, I know why it's money. Um, and I know that we can, but we won't. So that's, that's what's so frustrating. It's like America has a problem that they know about, that they're aware of, that they could fix, that they won't fix. And I, that's exactly what I just said I've been dealing with personally. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I think because often you say the people and I was, I was sort of, I think I was on Twitter sort of saying that I was thinking about my friends in America and the Mm -hmm. collective trauma Mm -hmm. that I just cannot fathom like watching it happen over and over again and feeling very helpless about it. And then someone went, what about knife crime in the UK? And I was like, you can't take out just like throngs of people with knife, knife crime. It's uh the word I was going to say is intimate. I mean, it's horrific, but like, you know, you could yeah. joke like America has, we love the, the subtle art of knife crime or whatever, you know, but like, but like if you're going to stab someone, right. there's a limited amount that of you can people. do. And it is, and it's happening here and it's shocking and it's scary and it's devastating, but. And it's not a competition. It's not a competition. Right. I'm sure you've talked about this loads in your stand up. I've talked about it in stand up, but you know, do you believe that people should have like nuclear weapons in their back garden? Do you believe someone should own a tank? <laughs> no. Then you believe in some kind of weapons control. Right. This is just control of the guns. It's registering of the guns, you know, right, yeah. like as we've seen in the last couple, like, so you believe in gun control. If you don't like, or you say to someone, okay, so you believe there's a right to bear arms. Yeah. Right. And I was like, do you believe that this mentally ill person should have a gun? Do you believe this underage? person? And they'll say no. And that is, that is gun control. Right. Right. And it's, it's, um, America has this, uh, obsession with like, you know, well, if the government comes to take, to, to take my house, I need my gun. Right. (laughs) It's like, no one has come to, what, first of all, if the government comes to take your house and you have a gun, they're still going to take your house. Do you know what I mean? Yes. You can shoot somebody, but they're still going to take your fucking house because you haven't paid for your house. Do you know? Yeah. So I don't know why Americans think that that's somehow going to, going, first of all, it's not a problem. Nobody's going, nobody's doing that, but. Is it to overthrow the government? The initial, it was initially put in place to say. Yes. If you need to, which there was an insurrection. Right. There was an insurrection. I believe that, and it's funny because that was the thing that they all were like, this is why we need our guns. Nobody was shooting up the fucking, let's say, let's put it this way. 
if there were two insurrections, one in Walmart and one in the state, in the Capitol, yeah. Walmart was more successful. Right. Okay. So I don't know why they're <laughs> looking at it like, like that. Um, well, we had one shooting here. So you may be aware of our, our history here with, we had a school shooting, Dunblane mm-hmm. massacre. Mm-hmm. And then they just banned semi-automatic rifles, like immediately. That was just one tragedy was enough to instantly. Also, um, remarkably, in the school um, in Dunblane, when it happened in the classroom, was like a, he might have been five or six, Andy Murray, the -hmm. tennis player. Mm -hmm. And he spoke about the effect that had on his entire life. And also, he got lifts in, I think, to go to after-school clubs with the shooter. Mm Mm-hmm. So, like, it was just this normal person in the midst, which people always say. Right. They seem fine. They seem normal. Like, and, you know, a lot of the time people do seem fine and seem normal. But you don't know what could be going on mentally with anyone at any given time. But this kid in the last case, I think, had a red flag. So shouldn't have been able to buy a gun. So the proper checks hadn't gone through with this kid had threatened to, like, do a pipe bomb or right. threatened to bomb his mum. Yeah, I mean... I- <laughs> But the government reacting in a way where they go, oh, let's fix this. Let's ban semi-automatic weapons. That alone shows such a respect for human life. Yes. And with America, it's like we value money over human life over and over and over and over again. We value corporations, you know, the NRA. That is the American way now. I do the believe that- to America is like FIFA to yes football, right? Right, right. It's 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 all about money and and principles and everything else. Sort mm-hmm. of they fund so many, so many of the congressmen, right? Is that right? right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's so much money, basically. Um, everything in America is for profit. Our politics, our healthcare, the guns, the ev- everything. So, and originally, I think that. The idea behind it was you create your own life. You are, you know, the the capitalist ideology was you build your own life in this amazing, self-sufficient way. And But the problem is that human beings have an ego and the ego will attach itself to anything, even the church, right? You, yeah. Have you ever met like a someone whose ego is attached to their religion it's disgusting yes, yes yeah and that's what that's what's happened you know right. and a lot of the time within religion there's a basic kind of be decent and be kind thread running through it right. and attaching your ego to it is then not making it about right the person who your religion is built around yeah no it's like it, the ego has an incredible ability to like take something and just twist it and make it something different and I do think if I lived in America well depending on what state I lived in having shot a gun before I did one for a tv show where we had to do a couple of days with the army and I I was like oh I enjoy shooting guns in that kind of this is like not people but you know targets and stuff like that and I was like <laughs> yeah. oh I actually quite enjoy that yeah, um, I grew up I'm, doing it too. Right, right. Yeah. So so I'm anti the idea. But if I lived in somewhere like Louisiana, I went to Louisiana and I have talked about this before in my stand-up, but that is open carry. And I try and explain it to people in the UK, like 
it's not just open carry, it's actively incentivized as in the shops are offer a 10 to 15% open carry discount. Right. So I'm sort of explaining to British people that means you go into the shop, you show your gun, they give you the discount. If they don't, you just take whatever you like because effectively you walked in with a 100% discount right. in your yeah. hand, right? right. But if yeah. you're poor in somewhere like Louisiana, can you afford to not have a gun? And would you not want to have a gun in Louisiana right. when everyone else has a gun? Right. Why are you going to be the one sucker, like yeah. the one idiot, without a gun when everyone else has one? Exactly. So it just kind of feeds itself. Mm-hmm. I, I was also told that lots of them had, lots of people had guns because they have a rampant pig problem in Louisiana. <laughs> and I was like, kind of rude you say that to my face. Um, <laughs> It was actually an agricultural issue, but you know, but that's so it's so in the DNA Mm -hmm. of America. It feels like in a way that it wasn't here, so it feels harder to separate it from that. And then, yeah, so people are going to go. I think people who don't have power and are maybe poor and have guns go. I'm not going to let the rich people with power and guns take my guns, right? I think the main worry is, is it that their gun's going to get taken, but other people's won't. Yeah. And they're also, I mean, it's such a layered problem because there's the, there's a difference between people who enjoy hunting for sport in America, like who own rifles. And then there are people who want to own semi-automatic guns, which people who are not in the military, people who have no business owning a semi-automatic weapon and they, they just go, oh, yeah, no, I need this. And you're like, for what? <laughs> They're like, I don't know, but someday I'm going to need it. <laughs> you're like, okay, what? So should there be a thing like where you have to take a test before you're allowed to get behind the wheel of a car, you have to have a driver's license. Mm-hmm. So surely there must be a way of putting in, of just kind of going, I guess it would involve an amnesty. And that's the bit that people don't want of kind of going, you've got to give up all your guns and then we're going to go out and make everyone take an exam or a test to show that they understand gun safety that right. they're you know mentally in a good place to own this that they have you know who needs in the middle of a city who's going to need a semi-automatic right you sh- that's just sort of be the first question you're like why are you buying this in new york i mean all of this has been like proposed to them you know as as like a reasonable measure and the american psyche goes well, all right, well, what's next? Are you going to give me a test to see if I can get pregnant? And it's like, <laughs> people go, I mean, no, but also that would be a good idea. Like, you know, so it's like this constant argument where you're like, oh my God, just put me to sleep. <laughs> yeah, and I feel that this is a this is a topical story that I can't apply any cream to. There's no balm because yeah. every time it happens, I feel like it's just freshly upsetting all over again isn't it uh yeah i shouldn't have i should have given you a softball no 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 i like that no it's important that we talk about heavy stuff on here as well uh firstly that's very important and secondly sometimes there aren't answers it's that's life yeah right that is life move here that is one answer that's a great thank you yes would you sponsor my visa i'll sponsor your visa there you go as your therapist for this podcast i'm suggesting that you move to london and uh, i love that come and do comedy here just the thought of it relaxes my whole spine honestly (laughs) thank you for sharing your uh your topical uh fears (laughs) topical fears i'm gonna call them that 
This is the section of the show. A bit more lighthearted. Maybe. Maybe not. Doesn't matter. We can do either. <laughs> we can do either. Uh, we call this unpopular opinion. So this is a thing that everyone hates, but you love or vice versa. Hit me. Okay. Um, for me, I don't know. I, I, dog sweaters. Dogs in sweaters. <laughs> okay. Dogs in sweaters. Dogs in strollers. I I go nuts for that. I just think people hate it. They go, what are you doing? And I just, I look at a dog in a sweater and it's like pop music. I'm like, how can you not dance a little bit? <laughs> you know, it's just fun. Right. Okay. That's my equivalent <laughs> of seeing a baby goat. I'm obsessed with baby goat oh videos my God. on yes. Instagram. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the way they hop around. Yes. Like They're little... just so happy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's uh, seeing a dog. And what I also really like is a really miserable looking dog or mm-hmm. quite ugly dog in yes. something very cute mm-hmm. to like offset you know like something really droopy and drooling yeah in a like little pink sweater is very funny I know my dog is actually like kind of ugly but sometimes I find myself wishing that she had some sort of um you know half of her mouth missing so her tongue hung out the side you know yeah sometimes I'm like ah you could have been a little more fucked up yeah <laughs> I want a really, yeah, yeah, I want a dog with real personality. Right. I don't want it just cruising by on its cute button nose. No, no. <laughs> Earn your keep. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I'm I, with you. I love it. I love to see it. It makes me, I'll tell you what, if you like that kind of thing, you need to go to the south of France because the one time we went to Cannes, I couldn't believe, there was two things that struck me is, Everyone has Pomeranians in the south of France. Yeah. And people were walking around with them in papooses and in little buggies. I love it. I love (laughs) that. You would see someone, you're like, oh, there's a woman with her baby. And then just this furry face. I know. (laughs) (laughs) And then then the Pomeranians are so cute because they all have like little eyeliner. Like if you've noticed, like their eyes are perfectly lined. Like like Elizabeth Taylor or something. I'm like, oh, how how do you feel about dog dog mummy or dog mum? I feel fine about that. I'm like, absolutely, I get it. If it pisses off moms, I don't I I don't care. (laughs) Yeah. I don't care. I'm like, well, you made your choice, you know? (laughs) Uh cat speaking as a cat mother. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would call myself a dog mom. Yeah. And I have embryos on ice as I speak human embryos so I still call myself a dog mom (laughs) historic beef or oryx is what we call this section of the podcast and oryx is a prehistoric form of cattle so I would just introduce this by saying for a long time in my stand-up I've talked about how brands like to weaponize figuratively and literally war rhetoric when selling products. So you normally see it with women with beauty products. It's like fight the signs of aging, battle crepey neck, annihilate spots, defy the Geneva Convention on your crow's feet. Like, <laughs> like it's full on, right? right? Yeah. yeah. Women are supposed to go to war with their faces. So in the late 70s, two brands went at each other so hard, they called it the Coca-Cola Wars. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if this is just uh, like Coca-Cola Wars is huge in America, but let's give a little bit of backdrop before we get into it. In 1886, John Stith Pemberton, a pharmacist from Atlanta, Georgia, developed the original recipe for Coca-Cola. By 1888, control of the recipe was acquired by Asa Griggs, who in 1896 founded the Coca-Cola company. Two years later, in 1898, Caleb Bradham renamed his Brad's drink to Mm Pepsi-Cola and formed Pepsi-Cola in 1902, prompting 
the beginning of the cola wars right so so basically the start of the the start of the war was the two companies going at each other with different advertising techniques such as sort of coke's first celebrity endorsement and the 1915 contour bottle or as we call it the sexy woman bottle right absolutely yeah Yeah, that's shameless coca-cola they've done sexy woman Mm -hmm. until market instability following world war one an actual war uh, forced Pepsi <laughs> to declare bankruptcy in 1923 and then in 1931 they went bankrupt again and began selling its products like really cheap five cents a bottle and then reigniting the cola wars through to today uh, Pepsi offered to sell out to Coca-Cola following both its bankruptcies but Coca-Cola declined so then we get to the 70s and the 80s which is where I imagine we would know more about which is the uh, Pepsi challenge Coke versus versus Pepsi where, where are you? In this war. In terms of which side I'm on? Yeah. I would say I'm more on the side of Coke. Yeah. I would say I, I'm a Coke drinker. Me too. Um, I also just find, uh, like, Pepsi's just something that I get when they're when it's the only thing available, right? Yeah. And I feel like that's true kind of across the board. I don't know anybody who goes directly in for a Pepsi. I know there's people out there. I'm not saying, I know if you're listening and you're a Pepsi drinker, I deeply apologize. Um, (laughs) You know, I thought that Pepsi was, I I remember it having its heyday in the 90s. Like, I remember the Cindy Crawford commercial where, the Super Bowl commercial where she goes out uh, at the gas station. She's in the, she's in the white tank top and the, and the jean cutoffs and she, she pops like a quarter into the vending machine and she drinks a Pepsi and these guys are just like, you know what I mean? (laughs) They're just coming all over the side of their pickup. And uh, I remember it being a big thing back then. And I remember the Pepsi uh, catalog where you could drink. There's a whole documentary about it right now. Oh, is it Pepsi stuff where you like? like, Yeah, the Pepsi stuff. Exactly. Where you could get like a, I remember even looking at that as like, core memory stuff yeah where that's how important that ad campaign was where i remember looking at the pepsi stuff and being like cool whoa that i mean this is for people much older than me but like cool so it's interesting because just remembering that cindy crawford pepsi ad is going that's pepsi definitely appealing to the male demographic whereas coke and specifically diet coke tried to appeal to women so you would have all these and i will say do as many sexy man diet coke adverts as you like it still tastes like an ashtray full of water yeah to go back for a second i get why it's like a war themed yes battle right like yeah. especially with coke i mean with skincare it's like give it a rest you know yeah. i don't need a skincare <laughs> regimen but with coke i get it because there was cocaine in it right. so oh okay so there would have been actual war. it was going to be a war you yeah. know <laughs> it was that was all there was in the beginnings be. in the beginnings in the first iteration of it because wasn't it sold as a medicine yeah i i believe so right. and it was there was cocaine there was active cocaine in it so I mean that's a party. Yeah. It's a real shame. I mean it's you a know, losing battle for Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> like good luck be a number one. <laughs> like this one's got Coke in it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do remember so over here it was slightly different in terms of the drinks. Like it was always we saw like I think like Michael Jackson famously did stuff with Pepsi. So they did these big sort of 
Oh yeah. Branded. So we, I remember seeing famous people being involved with, with Pepsi mm-hmm. and I remember the Pepsi challenge. And then a lot of people kept, like a lot of people landed on the side of Pepsi for that. Like, Oh, Pepsi actually tastes better than Coke. So then something happened in the nineties. I think it was the nineties where like Pepsi was just gone here. It was just like, there's no way because Coke, so like Coke, Fanta, Sprite, whatever part of the whole group. Yeah. Company, conglomerate. I don't know, conglomerate. Yeah. They all did yo-yos. Yeah. You emailed me about that and I was like, I don't know what that is. Oh, you didn't have it in America? No. Oh, we had. So we were obsessed at school with these. So uh, Laura, the producer, is nodding nodding along here. You would get like, you had to like save the ring pulls, I think it was, mm-hmm. and send them off. And then you got a yo-yo. So you would get a Fanta branded yo-yo, a Sprite yo-yo or a Coca-Cola. And then everyone obsessively yo-yoed and you had to learn all the tricks and you would do walk the dog and then all of these cats cradle oh okay like, so it was just like kids doing yo-yo it's it just sort of landed i cannot remember how i old i was maybe like 12 or 13 and i know because my husband remembered it as well and he was like i had a fanta one oh, i had a fanta yo-yo <laughs> like, it was like the coolest thing like yeah. everyone wanted to get their hands on it's so funny how that age you're so susceptible aren't you to to sort of brat and that bringing back such memories because you oh, got Fanta yeah. and then you also had like no I mean Gina. when I think of like a slap bracelet something in my soul ignites, <gasps> oh yes you know? like, Mark get... Jacobs did some a few years ago and yeah. I bought them in Bloomingdale's yeah and they just bang they're so d- fun satisfying <laughs> satisfying <laughs> yeah so we had those we had that so I think in terms of the Coca-Cola Pepsi war I think Coke won the the war here because of that because and of the yo-yos because of the yo-yos I just don't know if Pepsi could get back in the mix so interesting because pepsi was giving away like leather jackets and i guess they were trying to go for like teens or something right i don't know they they did sort of die out because that kid got um tried to buy a jet through yes now there's a documentary on netflix about this at the moment which i haven't seen it but i remember the story vaguely i was watching it this morning Uh, is it great it's pretty interesting right. i'm like this is pretty crazy that this kid like you take a kid from seattle and he put he gets his mind on something I, it's like it, this kid was just like yeah i want that jet and found a, a an older businessman who was like yeah i'll write the check <laughs> it was it's crazy <laughs> So sometimes I think then, you know, rivalry can actually be good in terms of making one side up their game yeah, or whatever. So, and and for kids, I like it if kids win a bit. Oh, yeah. (laughs) With that, you know, because you had Burger King and McDonald's as well. They were always the two of those, you know, the Whopper versus the Big Mac. But McDonald's always had the toys in the kids' meal. Mm -hmm. And so I remember I had a Hamburglar at one point. Yeah. I like it when kids win in that situation. That's the positive side of marketing and capitalism. Right, yeah. I mean, even when, even if it's just like the underdog wins a little bit, like, like think about when Elon took over and he started charging for the, for the blue check mark. Yes. And somebody went out there and like took up a pharmaceutical company and just put out these like fake tweets and this pharmaceutical company lost billions in like a day and I just this part of my that was like a solve to my soul it was diet it was a diet someone who who provided diabetic yes uh insulin or like medicine they said insulin's free yeah and the whole company lost (laughs) so much money 
in yeah. a day. And I thought, oh, so a billionaire a- set it up so mm-hmm. that a random person yes could do a bit of activism and effectively tank another billionaire exactly yeah it was just great (laughs) before we wrap things up i like to do something that i call angry aunt um which is where i get angry on someone else's behalf i love that like there's enough agony aunts out there how about someone who's just angry yeah Um, (laughs) (laughs) and so we got a listener problem in so you can tell me your thoughts on this this is from will in australia he said, I drive trucks at the mines in Oz and I had a mild beef with my cross shift. Apparently I have too many hard hats, brackets read two, and they're filling up the truck cab, even though I take one home every day and leave the other. He asked why I have two when I have one head. I replied, one for daytime, one for nighttime, and pointed out to the big sun brim on one and an LED light attached to my other Rio Tinto helmet. <laughs> the light can't attach to the other one with the brim. We're getting a lot of hat detail here. Right. Am I being unreasonable having two hard hats? Hmm. I mean... I think fuck the cross shift. Yeah, I think have have as many hard hats as you want. Like, what if you... I have seven pairs of keys because I'll lock myself out of the house because I'm so ADD. Right, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yes, the neighbours have some of them because... How many times can I call a locksmith? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> well, you can see in the hall there's a pile of hats. Um, I say as many hats. Yeah. You've got one head, but you might want to wear different hats on different days. Right. It sounds like they're filling up the truck cab is such a is such a is such a level of hyperbole. Like, mate, I, I get in the truck yeah. every day and you've got so many hard hats in here. Yeah. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Where am I supposed to put my lunch? Right. You know, um, and it's, so it feels like they share a share trucks yeah also trucks he's not even going down the mine these are drive we're driving to and fro. i imagine this is yeah, hard screw, sweaty work screw the screw the guy i forget it have as many you know what buy another hat that's that's how what he should do so this is our advice buy another hard yes. hat and then put some like like daisies on it like some stickers some yeah. hearts some love hearts mm-hmm. and, and you say that's my hat for funsies yeah that's my, that's my mood hat <laughs> <laughs> oh, like a mood ring yeah. it changes colour yeah. <laughs> and I'll put it on if you stop complaining you know yeah there we go Will I think we've solved that for you <laughs> just buy one more hat like really jazz make it snazzy right or put or make bedazzle two. do two do, a, do one with a, with a big sad face on it and when he starts complaining again you can switch hats you know just keep switching them yeah based off of <laughs> <laughs> the amount of complaining he's doing for the day yeah perfect yeah. there you go i think we've solved that for you mm-hmm. i think we've solved that for you will in australia thank you for coming on i hope you feel a bit better having got some of this I really off your chest. Do. is there anything you want to plug sure i have a uh i'm going back on tour uh starting in january of 2023 all my tour dates will be on my website rosebudbaker.com i hope to make it back out to europe soon yes because i would like to do a european tour there's so many places i want to go here so yeah thank you so much for coming on the podcast if you've enjoyed the show please do like it write a review do those things and come and follow me on instagram tiff stevenson comic or on twitter while it's still there (laughs) and i'm on tour in may next year i've got starting may next year hopefully in america before that but the tour dates are up on my website tiffstevenson.co.uk see you next time thank you you can listen to other programs from the bugle including the bugle catharsis 
Tiny Revolutions, Top Stories and The Gargle, wherever you find your podcast. The biggest names in tennis are coming to Paris for the most anticipated Roland Garros in years. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled tournament access as the world's top players in tennis face off against each other. Will the veteran champions continue their dominance or will a fresh face emerge to challenge their legacy on the clay courts? Daily live coverage of this epic showdown begins Monday, May 20th. Don't miss a matchup. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.